Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sport of Kings podcast. On this pod, we discuss the late pick five at Fairgrounds on Saturday, February 18th, 2023. This is show number 213, February 17th, 2023. I'm Scott Carson, founder of Sport of Kings, and I'm joined by my co-host, Hall of Fame handicapper, Chris Larmy. Chris, are you ready for another one of these full days of stakes from Fairgrounds? Yeah, we we shifted from Tampa to Fairgrounds. Really similar kinds of cards, similar races. Really looking forward to it. Um, you, you said this is show two one three. Well, you're still out in the two one three area code, right? In California, enjoying the sunshine and 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 the sights. I am. It's a little chilly here. You know, the the that's the only thing. It's a high of fifty nine. So and it's been a little cloudy. So we we have gotten some sun. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's great to be out here. And I did get to go to Sansonita last week and um, had, had, had a lot of fun doing that. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's great. It's just, you know, it's, it's actually warmer in New York than it is in California right now. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's, that's the only negative, but otherwise it's a great trip. Well, good. Um, hope you continue to have fun, and uh, hopefully it didn't cut too much into your handicapping of these races because they're pretty challenging, but we'll have a, a good guest to help us out as well and help the, the listeners out um, to cover this sequence that um, has some, uh, I think, some live prize horses and some fun races to talk about. Support the Sport of Kings podcast by contributing to our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com slash sportofkings and donate as little as $3 per month. That's patreon.com slash sportofkings. Thank you for your support. And we have a special guest. He's an on-track analyst at Fairgrounds Racetrack. He's qualified for the NHC twice and cashed in 2021. He's Kevin Kilroy. Kevin, welcome to the Sport of Kings pod. Guys, thanks so much for having me on. I'm a fan of the show. Um, I'm a fan of your guys' approach, and hope we can uh, get to the bottom of these races and, and find some value. Excellent, Kevin. Um, before we get started, uh, since I'm not familiar with your handicapping, uh, what is your handicapping methodology like? You know, how do you, how do you pick the winners? Yeah, well, you know, it's always sort of evolving. It's something I, I probably tend to like a little bit too much in terms of letting it sort of shift on me. But, you know, I use third graph in terms of my basis and I'm always, I'm, I'm getting better at really following the patterns and really feeling, you know, what sort of scenarios could produce, you know, a good number going forward. So I'm getting better. And, and that just really fits to, to the way I approach it, trying to see what a horse could do, you know, and the way that they, they could go different. So, you know, I also got my, my trip notes, underneath all that 
And for me recently, my, my key has just been watching the horses, especially, you know, I'm just all fairgrounds right now being down here and don't have time to be in a different, another track. And we were just talking about this earlier. Like I've just had some, some good picks where just for a little spot, if you see some of these state bred runners, just, just run, like be a racehorse, you know, for, for an eighth of a furlong in the race, um, you, uh, longer than that. But if you see them just running for a little bit, that's a good sign. So just seeing that they've got the racing in their head and that sort of stuff. So for me, just, it's not even like trip notes as in bad trips, but just seeing that they can run and they're just sort of in that space. So I'm getting better at that. And, and just, uh, that's been a way to find some value because it's, it's been hard down here, some small fields and sort of stuff like that. And just as it goes in the game these days, these favorites keep on coming home. So, um, just kind of watching the horse and making sure that they're, they're runners. Chris, do you have any questions for Kevin before we get started? Well, um, Probably not. Other than you do, um, do you get a chance to go out and look at the horses in the morning as well? It seems like I've seen you send some pictures and videos sometimes out on Twitter. Are you out there on a regular basis? Yeah, yeah, I love getting out there in the morning. Um, I'm, I'm watching them work, you know, especially on the big days where uh, you know Cox Barn unleashes all there is all sort of stuff. But then, then I'm on the backside, you know, all morning and just talking to people and, and hanging out with the stuff and. Um, that's pretty fun too. I mean, you know, in this game, you're just trying to find an edge and just the, the access back here, just be able to talk and, and just circulate with everybody is, is, is good stuff, you know? And, and, but I do like watching them and I'm getting better at that. You know, I, I got on the Derby notes team last year. Um, and I was just there every morning watching them and uh, just fell in love with that the early mornings and just, uh, just trying to see them, you know, just trying to try to see the horse for, for what they are. And, um, forever just being a paper handicapper and you know i'm not no background with with, with working with horses or anything like that it's different but i, I really love, like that uh that part of it well cool maybe there'll be some insights you can uh, share with us as we talk about the races uh, that you gleaned either through discussions with people on the backside or watching the horses train in the morning so look forward to that yeah yeah i do have some good stuff or hopefully it's some stuff right you never know if it's really <laughs> good stuff <laughs> All right. Well, let's get started. We're going to we're going to open the Fairgrounds Late Pick 5 Saturday with the ninth race. It's the Colonel Power Stakes, five and a half furlongs on turf, first of 100,000 for four-year-olds and up. Kevin is our guest. Why don't you get us started? All right. So, yeah, the five and a half furlongs, the turf course, you know, first things, I don't know if you guys have been following the meet too closely, but we've had that portable rail set out at 34 feet the whole time, right? And um, since, you know, we were a little bit late to get on the turf course and all that sort of deal. And for a little bit there, it was the inside was all chewed up. Um, like right when we first got on it, it was uh, right after a freeze. And so it just got these big old divots were coming out of it and stuff like that. But um, now it's just sort of evenly worn and um, you can win on any spot. And we've been seeing runners run, run well, you know, on the front and also still coming from behind. So I think it's playing fair, quote unquote, right? Um, it's an interesting field. So, you know, we got Twirly Roses is not going to run. I'm not sure if you guys heard that, the number two. And so that draws in Evan Singh, um, that Al Stallhorse at number nine. Um, Manny Waugh's in there, and maybe the Turks going to figure it out, but that, that's the guy who's so inconsistent. Um, Anguson is that, that long layoff horse from Long Wigan that uh, he's been sitting on go. He was supposed to run in the... Um, what was the one that came off there? That surveillance one, the, the Kenner. And, you know, we came off 
with that one and brought it off and they ran on the dirt. So Ang- Anguson didn't run. He's, he's been sitting on ghosts since then. And, uh, you know, Mitchell who rides him, you know, rode him in that last race in, in June that he got the way he said he's doing just as, as good as he was in the there. So I'm, I'm definitely interested in Anguson, um, on the lead here might be, might be the lone speed and sort of an interesting pace race, you know, like who's, who's going to take it on, um, surveillance, you know, I, it's five to two on the morning line, but I think people might sleep because they might think that this is just a dirt horse, but he's, uh, he's doing so, so well. I mean, just like I thought, I talked to his groom, you know, a bunch and he's just like, Oh, he's still so happy. He's just a happy guy. Just loves being here. And he's a little bit difficult. Like he just sort of tugs out and gets a little bit sort of feisty at the end. And James Graham knows him well in that way. Um, and he's, he's just been running big. I mean, if you look at the, the thoroughgraph figures for him, they're just, they're, they're better than this field and the turf is fine. He broke his maiden here on the turf and he's going to be able to run the turf. I was talking to Jimmy today and he said, Oh yeah, the turf's just all good. So I'm really interested in surveillance as well. But then Evan Singh, I mean, I just don't think we're gonna get five to one. Um, this horse has been just been training really well. Al Stahl really loves him. Um, obviously, Pratt's going to get up, um, should have, you know, be able to figure things out from out there. I'm not sure what sort of pace there is going to be to run into should be, but this is one who wants to come late, you know, so, uh, has run well, fresh. You can see that Saratoga effort there, you know, one and, uh, had sort of the best, best speed figure that day. So, uh, there's a lot to like about that, that nine draw on and Evan saying, um, so I'll be looking at those three in terms of value and trying to find my spot and how to use them and then using all of them in my uh, multi-race wagers. Okay, so we got uh, Evan Singh, Surveillance, and Anguson for your top Anguson, three. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, Chris, what do you got? Well, I was going to ask uh, Kevin, did he hear, are there any known scratches? Um, so I'm glad he'll fill us in on those um, on each race. And, this is the race I was the most interested in because I love Evan Singh and I was, you know, I was just hoping he could draw in the last time they, he was supposed to run in the race that got taken off because even though the track was fast and everything was on the turf, they decided they didn't want to run on the, on the sprint. So they kind of decimated that field. Uh, I was all over Evan Singh that day. We covered it on the pod. I, I just love his horse. I think his turf sprints have been great. His last two have been just horrible rides no chance trips where like he got laperud at keeneland the uh, just he fell asleep on the horse and didn't let him go until he had no chance and he just came flying late he was definitely going to win that with any kind of a ride and uh now he gets pratt who's gonna you know put him in a, a position where he can win and i just think he's the best horse in here he's got lots of upside I, I don't know what price we're going to get. Um, it does seem like Anguston has gotten a lot of buzz. Um, you know, he was getting buzzed before the last race, too. So I'm hoping, you know, he and some others take money. But um, I'm going to lean really, really heavily on Evan Singh. I like him a lot. I've been waiting to play him ever since that Keeneland race where I lost money on him. Uh, and the, even the race before that, he got a horrible trip and ride. So, um uh, you know, this is the chance. Uh, hopefully he doesn't get hammered too hard, um, but certainly he'll be, you know, where uh, I'll be keen in the pick five. Okay, well, uh, I'm going to use Evan Singh along with you guys. 
However, I'm going to pick another horse on top who I think will be higher than his nine to two morning line. <clears throat> and that is the three all in sync. Doesn't really have any speed, but he did run a little closer to the pace in his best turf win. As a three-year-old, he was fast as a two-year-old. He is working up a storm. He has a sizzling workout coming into this. He's always been fast. He comes in with a circle back pattern on Thorograph, and, and Evan Singh also has that circle back pattern. So uh, I, I'm inclined just to use those two, but I think all in sync will be a, a higher than his nine to two morning line. Maybe not because there's only eight, eight of these are going, but um, uh, I, I, I just kind of get the feeling, especially since neither of you guys mentioned them, that all in sync will be overlooked and will be the value. Yeah, I think he he you'll probably get a price on him. I you know we've had this discussion before. When horses are coming off layoffs, it's not a circle back pattern. <laughs> but you think you say it is, I say it's not. Um, you know, a circle back means they're coming off a race, or they're getting run, they're they're coming back to their better races. But you can't say they're they're circling back off the bench. To me, that doesn't make any sense. That's well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I I I. I you know, I, I get that you know, the the terminology, but how? However, here's the thing. Okay, the horse is coming off a layoff, and in his last race before the layoff, he was just a very small top. It's a small best. I still consider him ready to run, especially if he's working well. Uh, if he looks like he's sharp, it, to me, it's a continuation of the pattern. So you know, they take three months off. That's fine. They're still going to run the race of their life. Um, so, so, you know, technically, you know, if you want to say like, it's not actually a circle back pattern, um, I, I get what you're saying there, but, um, to me, the pattern still applies if they're, if they're sharp workouts, um, it just means that, you know, there was some hiccup in their schedule and, uh, I, I still, I still view the horse positively and, you know, I've been saying it has the same pattern. So, um, you know, that, that's, that's the way I operate and, uh, you know, just well, yeah. And it. I, and I don't, yeah, I, and I'm not disagreeing with you. That can be a really positive sign and the horse could run. Well, I just don't, you can't call it a circle back pattern. I mean, there's that, that came out of the sheets world and there's a, there's a meaning to it and it's not coming off a layoff. That's all I'm saying. Just, it's yeah, the terminology, okay. not the, the strength of the pattern. That's all. Okay, so 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 just you know, so that uh, I I uh, <laughs> don't get prosecuted by the sheep police, I will say he <laughs> had a circle back pattern before the layoff. There you go. Gonna, and I think he's going to run his best race ever. Pick it, give it a name. Yeah, it's your call pattern, something different, Scott. Like a sleepy, a yeah, sleepy and, circle and, back, and, you know? and just don't call it a circle back. It's the circle back. It's the circle back. Car. I like it. The the Carson Curve. There you go. But no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, I always, I always think about that, like how much that layoff does it. Um, wh one thing of, of note, you know, with that work there from All in Sync, just of interest. This isn't isn't to suede or you know or anything like that. But you know, you see Steve. He doesn't often often like really send his runners in the morning, right? So you see that sharp workout, and this is you know just interesting. And while he's been here, you know, at least the past like year and a half, just talking to to Mike Delorado and the Clockers. The gate works, he's been sending them, but only the gate works. Those are ones. So just something to keep in mind that he's that he's been asking them um, pretty hard um, or having his riders, right, ask him. He hasn't been up there for those. 
Um, and then he, he galloped out through, uh, through five furlongs in, in one and three. Just uh, got the time there from Mike. So uh, definitely a sharp workout, though. And Alden Sink, yeah, I mean, I think it's an interesting one, too. And you're, you're kind of talking me into him, Scott. Uh, uh, yeah, I figure you got something else to add, Chris, besides Evan Singh. Uh, well, I mean, just a couple of things. I, uh, surveillance, I kind of agree that you could argue he's can run on turf. I don't know if he's as good on turf as dirt, but I don't think, uh, you know, I, I don't think he's going to be a price or anything, but I wouldn't be surprised if he won. I, I, I don't, I don't buy that he's, you know, he's not a good turf horse because he's, I think he's won on the turf before. So he's, he's a candidate. But the other, the other price horse I was kind of interested in was the five horse Yankee seven. He was going to be my pick if Evan Singh didn't get in the race, but now I don't have to worry about that. But I still think, you know, he has, he's had some really good races on the turf at fairgrounds. He, he joined a new barn this summer and he, he didn't really run well, but his last couple, I've been about as good as anything he's ever run before on the dirt. And now he goes to the turf. And the, the last time he did this, he ran really well on the turf. So, you know, he's the kind that could float up well above that 10 to one price and wouldn't be a shock. Yeah. He'll be, he'll well be above and, that. He'll be yeah, above that 20 to one or so. I mean, when you look at that race, he ran at, at fairgrounds and, you know, and got the win um, last year. Well, he, he ran a one. Right, he ran a one in March, March 26th, which um, works big time against his field. And he was kind of coming. I'm just looking at that one number before. I've just got the the, the minis up, and it's it was a four to one. So he's kind of coming in that direction. Um, he's been on the dirt, right? And Govea has been been sending out some runners. And Aubrey Green, you know, you can trust her, especially with a runner who wants to be forward. She can get him out and get some get some get some going early, get some involved. She's really good at that. Um, yeah, that's that's that could be an interesting one. That could be if there was if there was a bomber coming home. I think I think that's the one. And what, for the listeners who don't know what Kevin means when he says a one, what he's talking about is the the number that the sheets number. This is a thoroughgraph number. I think he's talking about here. Um, yeah. And the lower the better. So one is pretty fast for any any race. So and and it's definitely competitive in this this field. All right, ready to move on, Scott? Well, I was halfway through the conditions <laughs> of the next race when I heard you. <laughs> so, yeah, we're moving to the 10th race. It's the Mineshaft Stakes, grade three, mile and 16th on dirt, purse of 250000 for four-year-olds and up. Chris, your turn to get us started. Yeah, interesting race. Um you got some local horses and some new shooters and shippers and um, very competitive. Uh, I think you could go a lot of different ways. It does seem to me that there's not much in the way of early speed. Um, and I, I said the same thing last time they ran whatever the prep was for this. I can't remember the name of the race, but happy American won the race. Um, it's looked like that day there really wasn't any speed in the race, but, um, and I thought run classic would be dangerous because I thought he was the only horse, you know, he could clear, um, easily clear. And for some 
I don't know, unknown reason to me, they grabbed the horse and strangled him back and he didn't run very well, but not surprising given the, the trip that he was given. And they changed riders and I read the DRF article and, the, and Calhoun says he's gonna send this time. And to me, if they do send, the only horse I was worried about maybe pushing him early would be the seven horse Pioneer Medina, but in the same article, Fletcher said Pioneer Medina is better with a target. So he's telling you that he's just going to be happy to stalk um, somebody on the front end. Who, and that somebody I think is going to be run classic. And if that's the way the, the race unfolds, um, they both have a big tactical advantage in here. And run classics run some fast races. Um, and he may, and I, you know, to me, a mile and a 16th is probably as long as he can go. I think. They've tried him a little longer before, probably a little too long, but um, mile and a 16th with a uh, moderate pace, you know, saving ground around both turns. Yeah, he could be the one that gets overlooked off of that last race. Um, he's 10 to 1 in the morning line. I think uh, he's the way to go from a value standpoint. So I'm going to go with the two run classic, hoping that they do what the trainer said they will do and they send him and that Luis Saez, even though he's typically aggressive, um, will follow instructions and, and stock with Pioneer Medina and uh, Run Classic might be able to wire the field. Okay, Run Classic is one for three at the distance and has also has a second and has a win at fairgrounds. So he's got a shot. Uh, Kevin, what are you thinking? Yeah, Run Classic's interesting here with that, with that pace set up. And, um, yeah, he definitely got uh, stuck on the inside. BJ should have got him out, and um, and he didn't. And it was a slow pace. And um, Ray has said he's going to be more aggressive. I've also heard Brett say it's like they're not just going to be a full send. So I think but, – but, yeah. So I, I think – but I think Ray will probably go. But Hoist the Gold could also – be to the to the lead too, you know, just stretch it out for the first time, and you know Brian is is great with with the, with the lead, so that'll be interesting to have those two next to each other. Um, in terms of my top pick, Big Blue Line, number five in here, Paul McGee's horse, um, eight to one in the morning line. The work was was sensational last time, so maybe this this horse will, will gather some steam. That that price will be down, but I just don't think so. I think people will will question, you know, having not. Uh, place in a stakes race and um just uh you know stepping up in this but um he looked fantastic beating two really good horses nelson avenue as uh, a strong runner and treasury is, is a big time runner around here and he's always sharp and live and big blue line ran him down and looked good doing it um that workout was just so professional he, he was just ears pricked back he was just fully locked in within himself had a beautiful stride you know all the way through the gallop out and um and then talking to Paul, he's, he's just, he, he just like gave me this, this, you know, like hand right here and just like going, whoop. He's like, he's just going up. He's just, he's just, he's improving. He said, he's always really liked him. He ran in some tough fields, you know, the Iowa Derby, ain't like ran when one at Saratoga, yeah, Conagher in there, rattle and roll with him at St. Louis Derby. And um, he just had dirt in his face the whole time in the Iowa Derby and uh, didn't run so well and he's, he's always liked him he said he's putting it together now as a four-year-old so big blue line is the one i like and, and corey has been riding fantastic and also just been getting the live mounts his, his agent's been, been getting on the right horses 
So um, those are two things you can kind of trust too. All right. Well, I'm I'm with you on Big Blue Line. He's a uh, he's a new horse as a fresh four year old. He has the right post position and he has running style to get a great trip. Should be, I would think, you know, between him and Pioneer Medina, that those two will be shading run classic. Um, you know, big Big Blue Line has uh, so he's got the right style. He's 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 sharp. And like you said, he's got like these sizzling workouts. So, uh, so I'm I'm with you on Big Blue Line. I also I kind of like I like the numbers on Pioneer of Medina. Uh, I I I have him. You know, I thought maybe he would try to wire the field, but looking at his last two races and you know hearing Chris's comment, uh, shading shading, you know, just being right off the pace. Looks like he could pop a big number as a fresh four-year-old as well. So, so I'll go with those two fresh four-year-olds and uh, see see where that takes me. Yeah, I agree with you on Pioneer Medina. He could get a really good trip and win. Um, he won't be nearly as good a price as Run Classic, which is why you know from a betting perspective, I'm I'm kind of leaning that way. But yeah, from to me, Pioneer Medina is probably the most likely winner. Um, and if you got nine to two, that'd be fair value. Um, we'll see, you know, Saez and Pletcher shipping in. But um, uh, I, I agree with you there, Scott. And just one note on Hoist the Goal. Um, he is stretching out, but he's a closing sprinter that's been running six and seven furlongs. I'd be really surprised if they decide to change his running style here. Typically, when trainers are stretching horses out, they're afraid they're not going to get the distance, you know, especially when they're going to two turns and a mile and 16th and they're, they're more conservative early. So I, I really would be surprised if hoist the gold is out there with run classic. That's kind of the way, at least I know, maybe it's more hope, but you know, I just have seen many, many times with these sprinters where you would think that they would be on the lead, but they're, they, the riders take hold because they're afraid you know, they're not going to be able to get the distance if they if they run too fast early. So um, I'm and plus that's just his normal style. He's a stalker. He's never been on the lead. So um, yeah. I just don't yeah. see it. I don't see it in here. But maybe maybe since they drew the rail, they'll sort of be forced into it. But I'd be a little surprised. It'd be ironic if BJ after that after that trip on Run Classic if he got out in the head. Yeah. After grabbing an obvious front runner, he sends a horse that's never been to the league. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Farmington Road, I know, has been doing really well. I still having trouble getting behind that one, but definitely will be a price. And, you know, Gaffleon's going to get up and. Um, I love the fact that, you know, he joined DeVos Barn and put it all together, though he did have a good, a really good uh, pace set up there. Um, and that went on November 13th, and I don't think it's going to be like that here. But, but he's doing fantastic. I don't have a good excuse for that last one. Um, so, but that's, that's an interesting one. But, you know, with, with Happy American and Mr. Wireless, I think these two runners, they're just going to get slept on a little bit, I think. You know, I, I, they just sort of have that um, – that vibe and maybe just like the runners who are just the locals who have been winning the prep races, but they can't win this one as we got, you know, Pioneer Medina coming in and Tawny Port and Happy American's been a great price the past two races. And Peston, he doesn't want to run him because he wants to save him for the mine shaft. And he's thinking, you know, he wants he wants to have a good year with him across the board, but he just has so much run in him. He just has to, to run him. It, it, according to his philosophy. 
you know, that you run them when they're good. And he, um, he's just been one of these, they yelled at him and he just has been, you know, more within himself, but he's still figuring things out out there in a good way. So he's still learning. So there's still room for improvement. So if they, if they do get sleep on them, you know, happy American, um, you know, they shouldn't sleep on him, but you know, if, if they do, he's, he's got running them and Mr. Wireless as well. I think he took another step forward he, and he's just been running so game and they both went against such a really you know slow pace last time and closed into it like crazy. And the times were really weird on that day. I don't know if you guys look, looked across the day, but there was sped up, slowed down. It was, it was a strange day in terms of times. So, um, but those, those two are still live and here for me. We'll just have to see what the price is, you know, five to one, seven to two, happy American and Mr. Wireless. Yeah, just yeah. one note on Tony, Tony Port, who clearly is a contender, you know, Brad Cox. He his comments were that um he um he wants longer and this he could be one that gets something out of this race. So he did, doesn't mean the horse can't win, but it sounds like he's he's looking at this as a prep. Uh doesn't mean the horse couldn't fire. Um, but it will probably be an underlay and it does sound like this is more of a race to get him ready for the next one. Not sure what that would be, but um, whatever it is, it, he was talking like, you know, it's not fully cranked up, but you know, it's, it's trainer speak. So take, take, you know, it with a grain of salt. Yeah. He, he, he told me that too. You know, it's a good place to get him started, but you just can never, never tell, you know, in terms of are they, you know, just adjusting expectations. Like he could be, could be better than all this field. They're looking for a big year from him, you know, which was more trainer speak. But um, yeah, he, he's, he said it as well. And I think a mile eight is, is his preferred distance. He's a grinder, you know, he's just going to be, be grinding late, but our stretch, sometimes it kind of plays along in that sort of way, you know, such a long stretch and he could grind through some stuff, but yeah, I'm with you. All right, let's move to the 11th race. It's the Fairground Stakes, grade three, mile and eighth on turf, purse of 150000 for four-year-olds and up. Kevin, your turn to get us started. All right, so, um, you know, it's hard for me to go against two Emmys in here. It's um, So just some thoughts on him and some talking to Hugh. That last run, it was when the um, – the rail was was questionable place to be on the turf course and, and talking to Jimmy today, he took, takes full blame for that last ride. So he had him like six wide and, um, yeah, to him, he's a seven-year-old. He's a professional horse. But he just wasn't himself. He was uncomfortable. He had trouble switching leads and, uh, he just wasn't used to being all the way out there. He wanted to get inside. And, and you know, Graham said that too. He said he, he was put, you know, urging me inside and I just didn't listen to him. And that was my fault. So he still ran great and got run down by Gentle Soul, who was able to, you know, come up that outside fence and run on the good stuff. But Gentle Soul is a good runner. Um, last year in this race, Tuimis was a little sick, you know, so you can see how he, he didn't finish well if you look back and when I mean, he was going through this series last time. So he's got a little bit of excuse. Um, he's the runner that wants to get out front and slow him down. That's that's his that's his way. We all know with with Tuimis, but he's he's he continues to get better, you know, as in terms of how he's how he's you know how Hugh sees them you know and you can see I think his, his form recently is, is quite nice in terms of the figures so two Emmys I like a lot in here um in terms of getting something that's a little bit more juicy in a price um maybe I mean the way that Ed Rosa gets gets the public all worked up about this horse they probably won't sleep on number one Tiz the bomb but if they do um this run of the other morning made a huge, huge move, not asked. Um, 
against odds on Tony, a decent, you know, horse in the same barn. That was uh, very impressive. Very impressive. So to the bomb, uh, you know, I don't know if that's going to be a price at all. Everybody's sort of even in here in terms of that morning line, but um, is one I'm interested in as well. And if they sleep on gentle soul, I think I saw Ed put out something like 10 to one is what he thought the, the you know, the fair odds were gentle souls a really, really neat horse. Who's just been super versatile. And, uh, it's just a classic Calhoun horse who's done, done stuff at the, you know, different distances and uh, different surfaces. And um, he, he's a good runner for sure. And Ray knows him well. So if they sleep on them, uh, Gentle Souls is what I like too. Okay. So if they sleep, they slept on Gentle Soul and Kevin had him. Um, Kevin, what, what's you, what, did you land on two Emmys? Is that your top pick? Yeah, two of these my top pick in there. So, um, yeah, you know, betting blind into it in, in the in the pick five and all that sort of stuff. Um, I, I think I'm going to, if I go too deep, it would be Tiz the Bomb and two Emmys. But I think I'll single two Emmys and, and spread out a little bit more to get some value in some other legs. And, and uh, you know, we'll talk more about the ones going forward. Yeah, that's perfectly okay to single a three-to-one morning line horse. Uh, maybe he gets a little lower than that, but uh, still, still solid. Chris, what are you thinking? Well, I'm a red board a little bit. I made one big bet this year at Fairgrounds, only one. I have because it just I'm a turf. I like the turf racing and the turf racing. They hardly run them, and they're small fields. But this was it. Gentle Soul was my my horse. I crushed that race. So I, I have a fondness for him, but I, I think last time was the time to have him. Uh, he's not going to be nearly the price, but I agree. Uh, he's certainly a contender. And if they were to overlook him for some reason, which I would be surprised if they do, um, he certainly could win again. Um, but the horse that I like uh, in this race is the six horse Pixelate. That's the one I like quite a bit in here. Um, I'll lean heavily on him in the pick five. Uh, you know, he was a really good horse as a four-year-old. I mean, just one good race after another, including some good race at the fairgrounds. Something went wrong. He had a long layoff, and his last four races don't look very good. And they weren't great, but they weren't nearly as bad as they look. And, you know, just to kind of walk through them real quickly, uh, his first race was off the long layoff, which is an excuse in itself. It was kind of a gooey turf course, and he had some trouble. Still, well, he was the best horse in that race. Um, then he went to Kentucky Downs, and in that one, he had trouble again. It was a race where the horse went wire to wire. He was against the flow. Just, just a really bad trip. Again, you, you know, he could have won that race with a better trip. Then Aqueduct. Same sort of thing, a real slow pace. The horse went wire to wire. He chased it, but just, you know, they went really slow, and there's just no way you could catch the, the loose leader. And um, the pace was so slow, it's going to make the number look bad that he ran um, um, because of, you know, it was such a slow pace. And then his last race was off the turf on, you know, on a dirt course. Um, so clearly that one, excusable. And also, his last three were all without Lasix. Um, you know, he had been run on Lasix as a four-year-old. So now he gets back on the turf, hopefully a firm turf. He's been freshened up a little after that dirt try. Um, and he gets the Lasix on. 
And if he runs back to any of his races, you know, the you know, last half of his four-year-old year, he can, he'll win the race, I think. And I think there's a good chance he will. He's been training pretty well. He's also a dolphin horse, and the dolphin horses, doesn't matter who trains. This one's Stidham. You know, they typically run well. That Godolphin program is pretty good. And, um, uh, you know, he's 8-1 to one on the morning line. You may get that. may even get him more than that. And Luis Saez, you know, a real positive rider switch. So, uh, and he, you know, I just a lot to me. I, I really like Pixelate. I think he's a great play, and, a, and he's a great lean in the pick five. All right, well, quick, I, quick uh, note on the turf condition. Sorry, it's it, it good today. We didn't have any uh, races carded for the turf, but uh, talking to the track people, it, it, they would have they rated it good. And we've got big winds coming in, so it should dry out, but just, you know, it could stay a little bit wet. Just uh, put that out there. Okay, so the so so Chris basically just convinced me of Pixelate, but I'm not going to take him as my top pick. Um, I, I I will use him, but I will go with my original pick, who is the horse that beat him, beat Pixelate in Pixelate's uh, layoff race. And that's English Tavern. Uh, this is a this is a horse that you know these English Channel horses tend to get better as they get older and as they get, they go longer. And, uh, he's running at, you know, a mile and an eighth. Uh, he, he is one for three at the distance, but he was DQ'd. So it shows as over <clears throat> three at the distance. What I like about him is that two races ago, he ran his uh, small best race ever. And this is for a new trainer who it was her second race with him, Michelle Lovell. And uh, and then something happened in his last race, and you know he reacted on sort of shortest rest. I don't know, it was three or th three or four weeks. Um, <clears throat> coming off that race, uh, they decided, hey, we're going to put blinkers on this horse going uh, next time. So maybe he was distracted. Uh, I'm not sure, but uh, generally, if a horse has run a small top and then runs an off race. I'm going to get really good price on him, and uh, I think he's got a shot at a big price in this race. I like it. I like uh, you will get a big price, and you're I right. Actually, English. I, I think it yeah, I actually price, wrote yeah. English Channel in, uh, on my uh, on my uh, on my sheet of of our picks. I wrote English Channel. I got to change that to English Tavern. Yeah, he's definitely not oh, English yeah. Channel. But, <laughs> but he, 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 you're right that those horses do like, you know, he's six years old, but they, they're the type that might even actually get a little better as a six-year-old. They do kind of start, you know, mature late. Although um, I do, you know, you're right also about the, the more distance. Um, it, it would be interesting if they ever had a chance to run this one, you know, even farther, like a mile and a quarter or more. I, I'd have to look back and see if they've ever given them a try at that because, then I would really get interested if they stretch him out even further. Um, but I like that. You should get a big price. Chris, what do you think about horses that like to finish second, like Pixelate? Like run well, run consistent. Is there something that sort of makes you think that they're going to get, get over that and push through it? Or do you think that's just sort of like circumstance of the race and just we, we're, we're giving meaning to this, you know, over, over you know, but it shouldn't be. I mean, is, is, he, is this guy just sort of not get it done or what do you think? Um, you know, to me, 
So I told you, I thought those last few races where he didn't win, he had some real legitimate excuses. Like yeah. when he ran second to King Cause, King Cause got to set a turtle pace and he just, there's no way he was going to run him down. And then when he got beat a neck in that layoff race, he got completely shut off in the stretch and it was off a long layoff. So, I mean, to me, those weren't bad. And then it, then, um, you know, it was, you don't have to go that far back where he had one, you know, he went one, two out of three. So it just depends on, I don't think he's a hanger or anything like that. He wins races and he, and I think, you know, there's reasons why he, when he's in a position to win, he'll win. I think, you know, um, if the race sets up for him and he gets a trip, he'll win. It's not like he's a hanger because he's not like he's finished second or third, you know, 10 straight times or anything like that. So I do think there are some horses, especially more on dirt than turf that, um, you know, they just are grinders and they just don't pass horses. Um, and, you know, they, they don't, uh, you know, have a lot of uh, grit when they get challenged in the stretch. So, but I'm, that's more on the dirt. And, and I've got to see that a pretty convincing story before I'm going to label a horse that way. So, you know, it's kind of like track biases. They exist, but, um, you know, people talk about them a lot more often than they really, than, you know, talk about there being a bias much more often than there really is. Same with these horses. They, they call them hangers or horses that don't like to win a lot more often than that's really the case. If you actually go back and look at each race as a, as a separate race, that's a long answer, but. No, you helped me think through that because you're, you're kind of convincing me that picks late. I think the body is going to be there. So I'm just kind of, that, that was the thing that was making me pause. So I like that. Yeah, I appreciate that. All right, let's go to the 12th race. It is the Rachel Alexandra. Grade two, mile and 16th on dirt. First of 300,004 three-year-old fillies. Chris, what's going to happen in this race? And you are on mute, sir. Oh, sorry about that. I have to do that at least once a show, so I got it out of the way. Um, uh, you know, this reminds me so much of the race last week the with wonder wheel and julia shining where you know there everyone said it, it's a two-horse race but it, if you could get past those two you could unlock some really big you know mutual prices in the picks like the pick five uh you know in this race the horse that's coming in with all the buzz is who's your filly you know sort of like you know we had wonder wheel was the returning two-year-old champ um and uh if anything who's your filly's getting more hype and, um, you know, again, this is a horse where hasn't been out for a while. Um, you don't know how much these fillies are going to really develop from two to three. You also um, know that this horse shouldn't be fully cranked up because if it's as good as the trainer seems to think it is and everybody else does, you know, that they have higher goals than this race. Um, just like we talked about with Wonder Wheel, same thing. Um, I think it applies to who's your filly um, and the horse is going to make it might be two to five in here. And it actually has to improve to beat chop chop who will be a higher price. Um, and it's trained by Brad Cox. So, you know, I I'm anti who's your filly. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, big underlay chance to bet against her. I wouldn't blame someone for going with chop chop um, makes a lot of sense, but I I'm going to try to beat them both just like I tried to do last week. A lot easier this week because there's a lot fewer horses you have to pick from to beat the the two favorites. 
And to me, it's the obvious one's Miracle, the six horse who I don't think needs a miracle to win this race. I don't think it's that much of a stretch. Or as a two-year-old, she was just about as fast as Hoosier Philly in her only route race. Um, she changes Barnes to Todd Pletcher, and certainly he's a guy who's had some success with three-year-old fillies in recent years. Um, and he's had plenty of time to get her acclimated to his program. She's got three months to, to get settled in. She's been training well. Some of her works are, have been with Julia Shining. Um, you know, gets Johnny Velasquez. And most of all, most importantly of all, I think she can clear early. She's got a tactical edge over the favorites. Um, and she's going to be a big price. And especially in the pick five, she's going to be a giant value. So for me, it's real easy. It's six miracle. Um, doesn't need a miracle to win this. Okay, miracle. Really the <clears throat> the only speed in the race. Kevin, what are you thinking? Chris, earlier in the week, that's uh, that's what I was thinking too. I was thinking, all right, Johnny B, this horse, you know, should be able to be the commanding speed, and this this is this is the one to use. And I'm, I'm still not sure how I'm gonna bet this this race, guys. And so it's like you know those two different mindsets. Like who do you who do you think's gonna win? Just sort of whatever and then how do you actually want to play play the race because you know it's a horse race no matter what um i like that i think it's, it's a good play with miracle i think there are going to be these runners are going to be a little bit closer than it seems you know in terms of pretty mischievous she's been she's been keen close baba you know she was sprinting and and towards the front and that last race she just you know just fell to her you know almost to her face um out the beginning there and usually with street of bows you're thinking of closers but baba's been pretty forward and she's got a ton of horse the exercise rider kid that's dude named erwin rosendo he, he jocks sometimes too and he uh he just he just said that arms are sorry she's been she's been pulling and um she looks beautiful her coach so healthy dappled out at least you know it was a little bit less so yesterday in terms of the dapples she just so dappled out when she got here in her first week. So I'll, I'll keep an eye on that. You know, somebody, if you do like to look at them in the paddock is just make sure that it's still looking that way, you know? Um, but who's your Philly is, is, I mean, it's, I hate buying into a hype situation. The way she moves, you know, it's, it's something, it's something It's so effortless and it's, um, she just floats, you know, I don't want to get all flowery on you guys about this runner, but, but she floats. She does, and she's not going to be fully cranked 100%. You know, there is a larger goal. Um, she's going to get bet down to smithereens. And, but I think she should be, you know, tending to, to, you know, she should be up there. She should be, she should be you know, in, in third, I would imagine, or, or just in pretty good position. Morales has impressed me as a jock. He definitely uh, doesn't ever make a move too soon um, and uh, finds, finds a good spot. But she's she seems like some something different. Now the funny thing is, she also looks like kind of ragged. You know, she's just into mischief. They don't always look so good, and you got that tappet gray stuff coming through. And um, she just kind of looks a little ragged, looks a little skinny, but she's got a big old butt, and she uh, just sort of has this ability just to to cover ground in a in a crazy easy way. So I'm excited to see her run. And, um, she, I think she's the, the winner in here, but, uh, that's not fun to bet. So <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna do with this. I wanted to play in the background, 
George Harrison singing something in the way she moves. <laughs> that's exactly the words you, you were using. See. I was about to tear my mouth because, you know, I was like, oh, gosh, she's just such a mover. Yeah. <laughs> Attracts me like no other Philly. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> she definitely has the narrative going, right? She's got that narrative that, right. um, and you want to avoid it, that right you want to bet the fast yes as a as right? a fan it, she's fun to follow but as a as a better you know right. you have got to be singing different a different tune uh when that kind of a because it's an opportunity is, right that's all this money in one right. corner and you get to you get a shot at taking it right that's that's the thing that doesn't mean she's not going to win but i'm just saying from a betting standpoint these are the kind of uh, you know underlays you want to bet against because no matter how good she is, she's going to be overbet, even if she's as good as people say she's going to be an underlay. And she's probably not as good as you know people are saying, or certainly not ready to run that kind of performance in this race. You know, this isn't isn't the end all. And if this was the Oaks, it'd be different, but it's not. And so anyway, I mean, this is a great it's the dilemma you have, you know. Uh, the horse is good, but you also know it's way overbet and. And, you know, what do you do? You can always sit the race out, but if you're playing the pick five, you have to decide how you're going to play this, um, even if you don't want to bet the race to win. Well, uh, <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I kind of learned my lesson <laughs> last week when I was with Wonder Wheel, and, and I only played a small pick five. I was out with Wonder Wheel losing that race, and uh, I was cringing, but uh, that's, 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 that's life. Um, so I did learn my lesson and I am going with miracle here. Miracle is about as fast as Hoosier Philly. And just to illustrate that, uh, not only on the sheets, but, uh, buyer wise, her last race was a 79 and Hoosier Philly's last race was an 81. So you know, she's just barely, just a tiny bit slower than her. And, um, she's going to be, I don't think she'll be 12 to one. Maybe she'll be six to one, but, um, you know, I, I do like both of them though. So, so I would use, I would use, I'd have some small ticket with Hoosier Philly without any uh, heavy favorites and uh, lean on Miracle and go with those two. And to me, the value is going against Chop Chop, who I think will still get bet pretty heavily. Well, the yeah, only thing I disagree with, oh, I just say oh, the only ahead. thing I disagree with you, Scott, is on the price with Miracle. I mean, Who's your Philly's going to be two to five? And if she's two to five, there's Miracle's going to be at least 12 to one because Chop Chop's going to take money. I mean, there's just, there's only so much money, you know, it's a pie. And if one, you know, those two horses have 95% of the pie, there's not much left. Um, so I think Miracle will be 12 to one, maybe higher. Uh, I think that would yeah, be a miracle. Be a double, six, three and stuff like that, <laughs> you know, even single her in there. <laughs> So, okay. I'm laughing at Scott's joke. Uh, that that would be yeah. <laughs> so, so, chop 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 chop's interesting, you know, because the blickers are going on there. That last race, um, Brad was saying it going into it and saying it going instead of going out that she was ready to roll. Like she never left the barn, even though you know she was off in between uh, the Breeders' Cup and that one. And um, she was she was fully cranked and looking to run, and she's had trouble finishing the deal, passing other horses, and the blinkers go on because of that, help her finish through the line. Um, but so I don't think we can expect, like, a big step forward from that. 
sometimes you know if she does really finish with a with a, with a fury, then yeah, that would that would create a, a faster time. So I do agree that that's sort of the one to play against in here, and that's maybe where you can try to find your value. Um, yeah, pretty mischievous. Yeah, I would. Walsh has been high on the whole time. You know, I don't know if she's going to step forward, and they don't work her hard, so you know, it just light works from that barn. Yeah, I would disagree with that. I, to me, who's your Phillies who you play against? I think Chop Chop was going to be, you know, it probably will be eight five or two to one, and who's your Philly be two to five? Um, so I, I would, and Chop Chop is the fastest horse coming in. If she repeats her last race, and there's no reason why she couldn't, or at least improve a little, then everybody else has to improve significantly to beat her. So, you know, I, I don't see her as a play against. It's, I mean, I, I'm going to play against her and who's your Philly, but if you're going to play one of those, I would, I would lean to chop chop, but you know, maybe who's your Philly is the superstar and she's going to run off the screen. We'll see, but um, I'll let her beat me. Um, I, I'm going to take a shot against her. So, you know, she, she can't help but run bullets. I mean, she's, she's running these bullets for like best out of 90 horses, best out of over a hundred. I mean, you know, maybe she just can't help but run fast. Yeah, it's, she's it's, she's yeah, good. There, there's something she, in the way. There's something in the way she moves. Yeah. You know? she, <laughs> I mean, she, she she's been under wraps those last few races. I mean, the speed figures I don't think are are helpful in that regard. You know, because um, she just hasn't had to to fully do it. But then I've also seen we've all seen scenarios like that where that's what you think that's the narrative going into it and really they just didn't have anything more to give you know um yeah i don't i don't know i mean as a better it's just like all right i'm gonna attack this tick five single and, and try to get some other prices home you know uh, but i'll you know what I'll, i know i'll action bet I'll, I'll work up some sort of some double that i just try to try to you gotta take some sort of shot to try to get some of that money you know but if you do, if you want a player, then single her. And you do, you know, there are, is some yeah. money that's going to go on Chop Chop. So uh, and she's going to be a big underlay. But, I mean, if you're singling her and you have some value in other legs, you can do that if you really like her, um, for sure. I mean, that, that's not a, a terrible way to play it, just as long as you just, you know, just focus on her only and you've got some value somewhere else. Okay, let's go to the 13th. It is the Risen Star Stakes. Grade two, uh, mile and eighth on dirt, purse of 400,000 for three-year-olds. And it's our biggest Kentucky Derby prep to date. Kevin, what are you thinking here? You know, it's a situation where I really like a horse in here. And you know, this is my big Derby future bet because um, the price is right. And I, and I like this runner. Um, but I don't think we're making the value, especially right up next to who's your value. So Tabitha Conquest is the horse I, I really like. Um, has been just trained him really well. Everybody's been, been you know, very high on this horse. And then went into that, uh, that allowance race on the LeCompte undercard and, you know, ran into this slow, slow, slow pace that determinately, determinately was able to set out front. Um, and um, it was a little bit shy to, to take the lane there in between the rail and, and, and the runner and, um, once Flo got, got him through, he did, you know, kind of finish, you know, coming through and galloped out, you know, really, really well. So that that distance is there. He had, he had to work the other morning where, um, 
a Walsh pair set off first, you know, it was right after the break. And so everybody's rushing to get out and onto the track. And while well, it was, you know, before we got all deep and everything, and uh, a Walsh pair set up fourth first that had three mischiefs in it. And then, uh, and then Cox's uh, couple came behind him. And uh, Tapas Conquest was working with the uh, unraced horse and, you know, got off the rail and away from that runner, tipped out and passed pretty mischievous, you know, coming to the finish line. But like I said before, the Walsh barn, they're not, they're not sending their runners but really like made a big, big, like race move effort and then finished up with such a huge gallop out of, you have the five sixteen pole, but still it didn't stop until there full of energy. And that's where I was standing and watching the work. And, uh, um, I think I, you know, he definitely still needs you know, a little bit green mentally, but I think maybe he learned when he, when he got through that lane that that felt pretty damn good and, um, he can do it. So I think he's going to get the right pace set up in here and all that sort of stuff. Okay. Sorry, I'm talking about the, the what I think is going to be the favorite in here from hearing everybody talk. Single ruler. Now, he had a great pace set up in that last race. They, they went fast, right? But he ran a really nice figure, you know, looking at looking at third grab, looking at rags, too. He he, uh, he ran a really nice figure. I think he's poised to step forward. The Sormo in stakes races, new top 25% of the time. It, that's a pretty good number. He knows he knows when to when to when to step him up into there and put him there. And uh Raquel May, you guys might not know him, but he's been riding here for 14 years. He he knows how to get a good ride going. He's he's a solid jock. He's not somebody you wanna you wanna knock away. And and DeSormo, he could have run confidence game. Um and he, he decides he wants to put single ruler in here. This is the time for this guy to to get it done. So baseline beater, that horse that single ruler beat, Pessim loves that three year old and he 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 beat him. So that was a good good horse to take down by a couple of lengths. And um, yeah, I think there's going to be some really interesting value there in single ruler. Okay. Tappet's conquest and single ruler for Kevin. Chris, where are you at here? So Kevin, what'd you get on the future book play on Tappet's conquest? What odds? I got 66, 66 to one. Okay, good. Yeah. Cause yeah. I mean, I do think, He's the buzz horse. He's probably going to be the favorite. So probably not a good bet in here, but you've already got your price. Um, one thing I'll say about Tappet Colts, the three-year-olds, you get a lot of them that have talent that say like, they're still kind of goofy. They haven't figured it out. They, a lot of them never figure it out. <laughs> they're just, uh, or they don't figure it out for a long time. Um, there, there's a reason why there's never been a Tappet win the Derby. That's the only thing I have, you have going against you on that. I think the horse has a lot of talent and he's not nearly as goofy as some of them. I mean, I, I, I think, uh, his last race was really good. You know, and, and you're right. He galloped out. Well, he certainly could win in here. Um, but it does seem like he's getting the buzz. Seems like everybody's going that that's the Cox that, that, that you want to land on and here. He's got several for me, this red race is like, just like the race last week against deja vu. I mean, WNL, he assumed if he wasn't going to repeat his last in the slop in that last week, any of them could win. You know, there's no WNL in this race, and these are a little better horses than we saw at Tampa, but man, you can make a case for every single one of them almost. You know, you made the case for single ruler. I wouldn't talk you out of that one at all. Horse would be a big price. Um, so I was struggling to kind of land on a horse to pick, but, you know, I, I went and watched all the replays again. And where I landed was on the seven horse Sun Thunder. Um, I couldn't land a lot of different places, but I decided I liked Sun Thunder the best. Um, you know, in his debut, 
sprinting, it was just as it was a prep. I mean, McPeak never wins first out and he starts sprints. And this horse, you know, they, they took their time and, and just let him settle way back and then make a move and, and gallop out strong. So that I was impressed with that. I thought there was a lot of talent there in the second start. He made a monster move in the middle of the race. I mean, just effortlessly just sped past the entire field, flash to first and or way back to first and just drew off. So I thought there's a horse, that kind of move, you know, that's the kind of move that wins these kinds of races. And he came back in a sloppy track against the Baffert. Uh, Arabian Knight horse who kind of just had everything his own way on the front end. This horse unfortunately drew the the rail on sloppy track and just ate kickback the entire way around and kind of didn't have his normal kick turning for home. But I'm just going to excuse that as being you know the the track and the trip. Um, and if he can repeat the move that he made two races back. He's a serious player in here. He will be coming from out of it, needs some racing luck, but he's got a pretty good rider. And Ken McPeak, he can win these kinds of races. You know, he he doesn't, he's not, you know, super high percentage, but in these three-year-old stakes races, he, he can get horses to fire. And so I'm going to go with Sun Thunder at a big price. 15-1 morning line. It's one of the longest prices on the morning line. So who knows what he could ultimately go off at. Um, could be really high. I can't believe you guys because you guys picked my two horses. And um, I'm landing on Sun Thunder on top as well. Um, I, I haven't seen the replay. I, that, I, I couldn't watch any replays for, for this race. I ran out of time. Um, so I've been meaning to look at that one, but it wasn't the slot. Um, what was impressive about it is that it was still a, a, a best race by the horse. You know, it was it was it was a new top. It was uh, his fastest race, and it was in the slop. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm willing to to forgive that he's a little slower than some of these other horses because I don't know, just the line just feels totally right. Um, it, 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 it is, uh, it, it's a tough field, you know, in that, in that any of these horses, yes, they, they can win. And, um, but yeah, it's just, it's, 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 it's funny that I felt this, I felt this line as opposed to, um, having seen the replays like Chris, uh, I also like Tappet's Conquest. <clears throat> I love that he's second off the layoff. But he was even money in that race, and he was favored in the race before that. So, so he is going to get play. And I, I haven't read any scuttlebutt on this race, so I don't know the buzz. Um, the only other horse that I would mention that I'm probably going to try to use, and that is the 11 Silver Heist, who also I, I, I like that he just went from a, <clears throat> a six furlong race to uh, <clears throat> a mile and a sixteenth. Relatively, you know, three and a half weeks later, just just looked like a a solid horse, and <clears throat> you know, I, I won't I won't have him as my top pick because he is out there in the eleven post. But you know, look, he's he was right behind Tapas Conquest and right behind Determinedly, and it was only his second race ever. So uh, it seems to me that he's got some talent, and those are the three that I will use in the pick. 
Yeah, and he's Asmussen. His horses don't. They just keep getting a little better every race, right? I don't know if he'll get good enough to win, but you expect him to run well, especially it's only his third start, second route. He's got really nice recent workouts. So, yeah, you know, I agree. Silver Heist, another big price that's live. Yeah, I agree, too. I think that's the, the, the steep horse that you want. Um, two fills is I'm a little bit conflicted by, but so he looks, he, he's at home. He's very confident on the track. He's, he's touting himself. He's, he's, uh, um, just, you know, going around trying to get ready, get ready to check him out. He, he's looking good out there. His work, he had that bullet work, um, which I saw at the finish line. And I was like, wow, that, that work didn't look that good. And then I saw the time. I was like, holy shit. And then, uh, Mike Gilberto was talking about it, that he went fast early and was really going slow late, which makes sense for what I saw, uh, which is not what you want, especially when you're going a little bit farther, right? Word is Larry Rebelli's not coming to town for a little culture handicap, and if that makes any difference, you know, um, but maybe they thought it was bad luck he was in town last time. I'm not sure. So, but two fills at the right price is definitely one that uh, he's been, he, he's been here. He, he's feeling it. Um, if the, the third Cox horse, Angel of Empire, goes off at a price, this one's very interesting. He, he, Brad, he's like, this is the one that definitely will get the distance. That last effort, um, Talamo was asking in the gallop out, right? Kept on, kept on asking for more, uh, which was by design. Um, he's very long, big old legs, and he's uh, doing great, moving well. Um, size getting up and, you know, should get a great trip and be able to work out something from there. Um, so Angel Empire, people sleep on it. That one's that one's good too. And um, I think, yeah, I think that's the only. There's only two other ones that I'm interested in, in terms of uh, price angles for sure, or that I'm interested in in general. Yeah, there to me, there's two other interesting horses in here. You know, one is Five Harlow Cap because it's a Baffert horse. You know, it's it. It's way down his list. I mean, it wouldn't make his basketball team right now. Probably wouldn't even make his baseball team. Not even sure he'd make its football team. He's um, in the top 12. But it'll be interesting to see how he stacks up against these horses. Um, it does seem like they're going to go with him. And that should help. That's probably going to hurt the chances of some of the other front runners like victory formation and determinedly. Um, but if there was a speed horse that was going to, to win, you know, you'd probably go with the Baffert. Eight to one in the morning line seems high, but you know, I it's hard to believe that. And officially, it'll be Asmussen training, but I got to think, you know, if it's Johnny V and Bob Baffert are going to attract some money shipping out from California, but we'll see. And the other one kind of interesting is the twelve horse Croupy, who's sort of the opposite. This horse has um, come from way behind. Uh, it still never won. He's still a maiden, but he's had some real trips. And you don't know, you, you got to take the, the speed figures that come out of New York right now, you can't really trust. But if anything, you know, closers that um, are coming out of New York, I, I would give a second look like this one because typically that track is just really slow and really speed, speed favoring, even though it's slow. Um, uh, so, uh, Krupe, kind of interesting. Uh, again, uh, it, being a Pletcher horse, I don't know if you'll get any uh, 15 to 1, but you know that horse should be closing late. Uh, I don't know. It may leave itself way too much to do early, but um, if it did somehow get a better trip than it has recently, 
I wouldn't be shocked there um, either. Uh, I don't think either one are great plays, but I wouldn't be shocked if either one won. One on the front end, one at you know, one on the engine, one in the caboose. Okay, well, um, that wraps up the pick five. I don't know if you guys have any other plays on the card. I do not. Um, but if you got any spot play, uh, now's the time to shout it out. Kevin, anything? Well, you know, that allowance race early on is just super interesting, uh, but it's, it's it's hard for me to say um, which way I'll go with it. But uh, that eighth race, these three-year-olds, um, you know, a bunch of them triple crown nominated. I think Hunter's Drive has, has definitely, uh, you know, a right to improve. Closed against a very, very slow pace um, and didn't beat much. That soft pants horse that from Amos's barn just isn't much. Um, but really did look good and put it together and, you know, closed into a slow pace and has a nice, uh, nice pattern to him. Um, but also Dennington, I think they're going to sleep on Dennington. Um, he's another one I walk, I've been watching work out. And the other day he made a really, really nice late move, um, almost just sort of, you know, without being asked, like sensing the, the, the finish line and, and showing he was game against his, his, uh, his company. Um, they took the, they put the blinkers on, they took them off. And I was talking to Francisco, he's the, the foreman over there in the barn. And he said that it, it, it's something different, you know, since, since that last race. So I think he's going to step forward. You know, they're going to bet uh, first defender, you know, they're going to bet Willa Kenzie as they should, even though um, they thought that should be a turf runner. He's been doing fantastic, but if they slept on Willa Kenzie. I'd like that one too. You know, they're going to bet vanishing. So Bennington might be something that's sleepy here that you want to think about. Yeah, that, that race will be fun to watch just because I mean, Banishing might have been the favorite if he had run in the stakes race. Um, and first defender definitely would have fit. And Tappet Shoes, I mean, you could argue that the winner of that race is, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the winner of that race gets a, a faster figure than the winner of the stakes race, um, just because there's a lot of talent in that field. Um, Maybe maybe more talent than in the stakes race. So that'll be fun to watch. I don't really have a big opinion on the bet, um, so I don't really have anything much uh, earlier in the card. But that one's definitely a race to watch. And also, you know, watch to see, like you know, first defender, the Asmussen horse has been training with Silver Heist, and they've been kind of training heads up. So if first defender runs off the screen. And I wouldn't be shocked if he did. Then you know you might want to upgrade Silver Heist a little bit. Um, uh, and that's just one thing. And then a couple others have been you know, running against or training with some of the horses in that race. So it'd be good to kind of re-evaluate the Risen Star um, based on the results of that race. It might be worth or worth you know giving that a second look because there's a lot of common training partners and past races with some of the top horses there all right well we'll we'll wrap it up for the week then i'd like to thank our guest kevin kilroy kevin thanks for joining us and sharing uh sharing your inside information with us yeah no love talking to you guys thanks for helping me to see these races differently you know it's so great to get in other people's heads when you're staring at these things um hopefully we get some of these prizes home what do you guys think I hope so. And I agree with you. That's why we do this show. It, it really helps to, to 
get some other good opinions um, to kind of factor in your thinking and you can change the way you think about certain races. So absolutely agree with that. Appreciate you guys' opinions as well. Always, always add a few, a few horses to my tickets uh, based on hearing our guests' opinion and also Chris's opinion. That will, for now, conclude show number 213 of the Sport of Kings pod. Good luck at fairgrounds and wherever else you play. And please enjoy the Brooklyn Boogaloo Blowout. I'll see you on Sport of Kings. Cheers. Giddy up.